all states. We thank you, Lord, that you, we serve you and that you're here for us no matter what we're going through. No matter where we are, Jesus, we commit to be a church that consistently worships you and praises you. We love you, Lord. We thank you, God, for your goodness and mercies. We thank you, God, we can feel your spirit, God. Thank you, Jesus. And thank you, Lord. Our God that we serve is a spiritual being, and he is invisible. And that means that we can access him anytime, anywhere. We have to be able to look for him. And in, in through all the tangibles of our life, we have to be able to look for him and because he is invisible. And I know that if he is invisible, then we are able to find him no matter what our surroundings look like. The Lord is there because he, he's always, they can't be stopped. He can't be, he can't be hindered. And we just are so grateful to be able to still gather in some way or another. Uh, someone told me in our church today that I'm going to have uh, Sister Hannah come over. I think it was Brother Chris. I thought it was so cool that people are, are trying to get in small groups and just continue the whole theme of church and the whole theme of getting together and gathering. Even though we can't do it in a large groups, so we can still do it in small groups, and I think that's so incredible. Thank you to the Life Church worship team for helping out and getting us to a place where we can receive from God's Word, and we're so honored to be here tonight with this great church, Life Church, and of course, Austin First Church. Uh, we're teaming up again tonight, and uh, and I am planning on getting back Friday. We've just been so spoiled here, eating all of the rations from the Gandy's freezer that has been amazing because uh, they are we're, we're cooking bulk food and saving a ton of money. I'm sure that uh, he's not saving any money at all. And uh, I'm so thankful he has saved up for all this amazing end times because we're taking advantage of it. But the good thing is he gets to see his grandkids. I've tried to be on the phone with all the members of our church. I've tried to be calling. I haven't got to everybody. I'm working my way through the list, trying to check on people. If you need anything at all from Austin First Church, please call me. And, of course, the same is true for Life Church. You can contact uh, Brother Gandhi. I'm sure he's got people also that you can reach out to in leadership. And we are here to help during this difficult time of going online. We're here to help make sure sure we're here for you the best way that we can and we're looking forward to continuing revival any way possible uh, please don't forget to continue your giving uh, at life church you can give online and give through text same thing at austin first church you can go to our website austin first church and you can be a giver thank you for supporting in this difficult time if you have not lost your job you should be thankful and if you have lost your job you should trust the lord but i know that everybody has not lost their job and if you are in this church and if you're in austin first church then you should just be so glad that you have not lost your job and you should be giving God all the credit for that and you should be letting the Lord know I trust you I'm gonna I'm gonna be faithful to my giving because I know you're gonna be faithful to me and so that's the way we should be operating right now as a church not gonna let fear get to us I want to take some time tonight and I want to talk about this subject that the time will come the time will come a phrase taken from 2nd Timothy chapter 4 and I'd like to go to the word of the Lord and wherever you are right now if you want to read with me I'm gonna go to 2nd Timothy chapter 4, 1 through 8, and once once again, want to give honor to Pastor and Sister Gandhi and this great church for allowing us to use this place and join together, join forces. 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 8, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word, Paul telling Timothy some instructions here. He tells him to preach the word. But he also tells him to be instant in season and out of season. He tells him to reprove, to rebuke, exhort with all lung suffering and doctrine. For the time will come. That's, that's what we're going to be using today as our topic. For the time will come. Not may come. It will come. 
There's going to be something happening in the future. I'm just going to give you a heads up what Paul tells Timothy because Paul was the mentor. Paul was the older one. Paul knew more than Timothy. He gave him a heads up and said, let me tell you, the time will come. Whether prophetically or through his wisdom, I don't know, but probably more prophetically, he says, heads up, the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust, they shall heap to themselves teachers because they have itching ears, and they just want to hear whatever will make them, make them scratch that itch, that carnal flesh. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth. Because right now we have truth, but one day it will be challenged, and people will want to turn from truth, and they want to turn to fables or lies or cool stories that are not true. But watch thou in all things, which means be careful. Watch for this as it happens. Endure infl- afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist, and make full proof of thy ministry. For I am now ready to be offered. I am now ready to be offered. And the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I've kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but to all them also who love his appearing, who look forward to his appearing. I recently ministered to an elderly lady who passed away, and I told her before she passed as she had some, uh, some hesitation about her death, I told her that this scripture right here, that uh, we have a crown of righteousness waiting for us, for those of us who are looking forward to his second coming. And the same should be true for those of us who, who may possibly die. Because judgment's the end either way. The Lord comes back or whether we die, judgment is going to happen to all of us. But to those of us who have an end, and that's all of us, we should all feel safe because we are going to love his appearing. We're going to love the end. And when you love the Lord and you love the future, you love heaven, the idea, the concept, then, then you should not be afraid if you are looking forward to spending forever with Jesus Christ, which I think right now is a good scripture for all of us to think about, is not to be worried or fearful because we can't wait to see him. We win no matter what. No matter what happens, we win. Whether it be the second coming, the Lord comes back, or whether it be our death, we win because we get to see Jesus one day. And so I want to encourage you that that's not our main topic, but it is there nevertheless. And so you can, uh, you can go ahead and prepare your hearts now. We're going to go to this topic today. The time will come. I'm done with my text. And so if for some weird reason you're standing in your house, you can be seated in your recliners at home or your kitchen tables or whatever you're doing, your couch. Paul is actually writing instructions to a young man, and he is uh, training in the ministry right now. His name is Timothy. And he tells him some specific instructions. He tells him to preach the word, but he also tells him to be instant, to be instant. And uh, of course, you and I know that word. Living in America in 2020, we understand what it means to have instant everything. We love that word instant. We love when we can get things right now. Of course, those things are on hold right now, and we're starting to feel the pressure of not getting everything right now. And we're a little spoiled in this nation. People in third world countries are not feeling sorry for us right now at all because they've been living like that for a very long time. So our busy lifestyles here in American culture have made instant everything very popular, uh, like instant coffee, instant oatmeal. Like how lazy are we? Instant oatmeal, instant coffee, instant rice, uh, instant life jackets. You literally can have a life jacket now to where you put it on, and if you fall in the water, it blows up. Like, how lazy are we? We don't even want to have a big life jacket right now. We, we would rather just wear something lightweight and pay more for it so that if we fall in the water, it expands. That's just that's crazy. You can spend three times the price for that feature, 
if you want instant life jacket protection. We have instant rain protection. You can get a small bag and you can put a poncho in it and this little bitty bag is instant protection from the rain. So if you get uh, out there and you're in the middle of Disney World or wherever, which you're not there now, but uh, if you're outside and all of a sudden you need to get instant rain protection, you can just pull it out and you can protect yourself from the rain. We have the option to have instant money. We can go to a machine at a gas station and we can enter in some money and pay five bucks and we get 10 bucks out of it. And if we want to do it today in this hour, we have instant almost everything. But wouldn't it be really cool if we could just instantly become Christian? Just add, add water, put us in the microwave one minute, and we're just automatically like Jesus. It'd be so cool if we could just be instant Christians. Uh, the advertising would probably come on the radio and say something like this, is your wife nagging at you? Just tear, tear open a packet of instant Christian and you will be just fine with her bad spirit. Uh, five o'clock traffic jam, don't worry. Put this in your water right now and you'll be able to have a good Holy Ghost party on the way through that five o'clock traffic jam. Late Saturday night, early Sunday morning worship, just put this powder in your muffins and you will be the greatest worship leader your church has ever seen. Church member talking trash about you don't you worry. Just take this instant Christian juice and you'll be able to love them and wash their feet this Sunday. Hey, wouldn't it be neat if we could just find some kind of a instant Christian powder or instant juice that we could just take it and all of a sudden we are like Jesus Christ. But technically, there really is no such thing as instant. No such thing at all. No such thing as instant. Instant coffee is only instant when you want it because somebody far away grew it. They grew the beans, they took months to make it, and then they shipped off the beans to somebody else to clean the beans, to grind the beans, package the beans, and fly the beans or ship the beans over to our local stores. It takes months for us to get instant. So really, there is no such thing as instant anything. It's only instant when you need it because of the preparation that went into it. There's no such thing as instant. I've learned that convenience costs a lot more. And whatever you buy that's convenient, you always will pay more for it. For better features, for faster processing, you have to pay more because somebody worked harder on it. Somebody put more into it. It took years to make and that's why it's valuable. There's no such thing as instant anything in the world or in the kingdom of God. You don't just pop out a sermon. You don't just pop out the Holy Ghost. You don't just all of a sudden instantly inflate the anointing. You have to prepare for it. You have to dig it out. You have to go daily. Even when you don't know when you'll need it, you'll still have to prepare for it so that when you get to that place of darkness, you can draw from it. You can bring it out. There's no such thing as instant Christianity. You have got to prepare daily if you're going to have instant anointing, instant power, and instant help. Let's look closer at these instructions for Timothy before we preach too much tonight. 2 Timothy 4 and 2. Preach the word, he says. He says, be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. But watch thou in all things, verse 5 says, endure afflictions and do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry. I'll break it down like this. In season means when you're expecting it, preach. When you're expecting it, be instant. But out of season means when you're not expecting it. When you walk outside and, the, and it's supposed to be a summer, but it's cold, you have to be prepared out of seasons because seasons do not 
tell us it's going to be a certain type of weather. It tells us it might be, but there is no guarantee. So you have to be ready, whether it is the season or not the season. We have got to be prepared. He tells them to reprove, reprove people. Tell them their faults. He tells them to rebuke people. Tell them what to stop doing. He tells them also to exhort or encourage people to call on them to go to a higher level of consecration. He calls on him to have long-suffering and have patience, uh, to use the doctrine or know the word of God. He tells them, watch in all things, which means be sober or don't get distracted by things around you. He tells them to endure afflictions, as in don't allow pain and offense to affect you and get you all messed up in your head and spirit. Uh, he tells them to be the evangelist. Uh, don't forget in all of that uh, to tell people about the good news of Jesus Christ. Uh, and he tells them to make foolproof of your ministry, which means a complete, well-rounded service for God. But why will Timothy have to be instant in the first place? Because it says in 4 and 3 that the time will come. The time will come. You just need to go ahead and type right now, for the time will come. You need to put it in your mind right now that the time will come. And for a lot of us, the time is now. The time came. All the time we've had preaching and all the time we've had church and all the time we've had all this Holy Ghost move and we prayed for each other and touched each other and laid hands on each other. All that time we spent, what was it for? It was for this time because the time will come. You can't guarantee that the time will always be like it is now and that was the warning that Paul gave to Timothy. There's going to come a time when it will all be good like it is now. There's going to come a time when the people you're preaching to won't always endure the sound doctrine. They won't always clap when you say something about the word of God. There's going to come a time in the future it won't be as easy as it is now. The honeymoon will be over with one day and you better make sure you're more than ready for revival. You're ready for a recession. You're ready for something to break down. You're ready when people don't want to hear it anymore. You can't just be ready for sunny days. You've got to be ready for what? For the rainy days. Make sure you understand young Timothy the church will have problems one day and you're going to rise up to the challenge and you have to prepare now for the time that will come the time will come I don't care if you think you're anointed and you're holy and you've been praying for, for your whole life. The time will come. You're going to need every bit to draw from all of that experience. You'll need to pull it out in his context it wasn't a pandemic and it was much worse. It was people leaving the truth it was much worse than sickness it was spiritual sickness in his context, in this context, he said, be careful because one day people would rather hear some really popular preacher on some cool video on Facebook or YouTube or their personal website who looks cool with straight teeth and a cool message that's not biblical, that has no doctrine, that has no truth in it. He said there's going to come a time when people will actually click off their apostolic website and click on somebody else's because no one's going to know because the pastor won't find out because now is a season for us to, to look for something that can scratch the itch of our flesh. But that's what God's trying to do to this nation and to this world. He's trying to get the ears, the scratching ears out of the picture. Why do our ears why do our ears itch? They itch because we've got too much flesh. We listen to our flesh too much. This is why we've got ears that want to be scratched because we've got too much carnality in the church. Oh, God, help us to tell our ears no because right now there's a whole generation that's itching to have some preacher say something that's not true to comfort them. They shall turn away their ears from the truth 
and shall be turned unto fables. And let me just give a warning of protection right now to everybody who's searching online for a good word. You can't go listen to just anybody right now. You should not just go listen to anybody right now. You should not go click on everybody's videos right now. I know you think you need a word. I know you think you need a good word. You need some encouragement. But let me just warn you right now. We are living in the day where people want to be entertained. And the preaching that you get might feel good, but it won't be good for you. You need to find yourself a website, a Facebook page, and group where somebody's preaching the truth. Right now, what we need in this pandemic is not something to satisfy more flesh. God's trying to get the flesh out of the nation. We don't want to go find a flesh preacher. We want to go to the truth. I hope and pray right now you're guarding your websites. You're guarding your favorite preachers. You don't need some fake preacher. You need the real word of God right now. Let's listen to the advice of this Paul talking to Timothy. Don't fall for the trap of trying to have somebody say something you want to hear that's not true. Be careful, Timothy. Don't change because they want you to change. That's not really my main topic, but it is relevant today. It's relevant right now because people are looking for any video, any, any preacher to give them hope. But it has to be real, has to be biblical, and it has to be the truth. Timothy, the time will come. You'll be dealing with unknown circumstances for the rest of your life, my friend, and you better get ready for the unknown circumstances. Here's what I want to really talk about tonight. Our submission to God does not exempt us from the times to come in the future. You can be submitted to God, anointed of God, and used by God, and that does not take all bad things away from you. That's not how it works. You can just go ask Joseph and Job and Samson. Go ask David and Isaiah and Jeremiah and Daniel. Ask them what it's like to have the hand of God on them. The hand of God on you does not make sure that you never go, any, go through anything bad in your life. That's not what happens. The hand of God on you does not exempt you from tough times to come. Go ahead and ask Daniel and ask Esther if, if having the hand of God on you means it's going to be easy for you. That's not true. If this were written in Texas, this scripture, this, this, uh, this context, Paul would have said something like this. Timothy, serve in the ministry and living for the Lord is like Texas weather. It can be 75 degrees when you go to work and 45 degrees when you go home. Texas weather. You've got to be instant, in season, and out, Timothy, because you don't know what's going to happen throughout the end of the course of the day. Things change rapidly in our world, and they're changing rapidly right now. So you know what you have to do? You better pack a jacket because you don't know what's going to happen. You need to pack a jacket in your truck because you don't know if you might need that jacket later in the day. You might need that. You might need to instantly pull that thing out one day. You never know. You might be driving around for months and never need that jacket but when you need that jacket you'll have that jacket it'll be instantly in your hands because it was prepared in your truck that's what he's trying to say here you've got to make sure you're ready even though you're anointed you have to be ready you've got to be prepared remember not everything that God gives you today is for you today I'll prove it to you with Israel when they left the promised land wearing the Egyptians jewelry that God allowed them to have eventually they worshipped this jewelry by breaking it off and making a gold calf to worship around because they thought that that jewelry was theirs. They thought that what God gave them belonged to them, but it actually was not meant for them. It was meant to be used as a tool for worshiping God later on down the road. I want to ask a question to all of us tonight. What do you have now that God wants to use later? What have, what have you received from God that's not for now? Because serving the Lord and working in the Holy Ghost doesn't mean we, everything we get now is for now. 
In fact, if you use everything for now, it could become dangerous because if you think that everything God gives you is for you right now, you might eventually be tempted to worship for yourself. So we have to be careful and understand that everything we're getting is not for right now. Everything God's given you is not for today. It may be that God has given you something for your future because the time will come. There really is no such thing as instant. It's just prepared. Paul was telling Timothy, plan for the worst case scenario to protect yourself from being caught off guard. In the Old Testament, God's spirit would come upon them and they would be delivered. But in the New Testament, the spirit rides resides inside of them like a wellspring of living water. This is why we are commanded to walk in the spirit. Why walk? Because walking implies consistency. We don't run in the spirit. We walk in the spirit. If you run in the spirit, you'll wear out. You've got to walk in the spirit. Slow down. Do it every day. Do it all day so that you're always ready to work in the spirit. If you can walk in the spirit, you can work in the spirit. Anytime, anywhere, whether it's raining or whether it's sun shining, if you can walk in the Holy Ghost, you can work in the Holy Ghost. You never know when you're going to have to pull out something to be used by God. Walking implies consistency. And our instant comes from the consistent. Too many Christians look for jackets after it gets cold. <laughs> they get cold and they go, hey, where's my jacket? Anybody have a jacket? You know how Disney World makes a lot of money? They wait till it rains in Florida and then everybody goes and buys ponchos for $10. Or the weather changes all of a sudden and, and you're at Six Flags and you're freezing at night and you go get have to buy a hoodie for 30 bucks. You see, when we're not prepared, it costs us more than we're willing to pay. And too many Christians look for their answer after it's already over with. They look for jackets when it gets cold. They try to grow their rice after the famine starts. That's not, when you, that's not when you go to God and start to dig something out. They look for a deep freezer after the pandemic begins. They're sold out. You can't get these things. It's began. Paul said you can't pull something out instantly that you did not pack in preparation. You can't be instant if you're not prepared. And I want to admonish all of us tonight and everyone listening that because the time will come one day when you will be caught off guard and it will not be as easy as it is right now. You can't declare a future that you're not preparing for at this moment, at this minute. Stop saying, I'm going to go somewhere. I'm going to do something when you're not preparing for it now. You have to prepare now to be instant. Okay, here we go. It's time for the Christians to stop praying about what happened yesterday and start praying about what's about to happen tomorrow. If you live in a home that needs, you live in a home that needs the best version of you today. They don't need you to go back and fix your past and go back and keep bringing that stuff up. You know what we need to get ready for is for tomorrow, for where we're headed, not where we've come from. Most of us keep praying about our past. We keep praying about what happened yesterday. We're not living for the future. We're not living for the next generation. We're praying about what was done to us and what was said to us. But Paul said, be careful for the time will come. He didn't say the time has come. He says the time will come. Who cares what has happened? What's about to happen? Are we not having having the power and ability to look ahead and prepare ourselves for, for the things that are about to come down the road. We have got to stop praying about yesterday and start getting the best version prepared for tomorrow. Husbands, love your wives right now because you know it won't be easier as time goes on. Do it while you have the chance. Get ready now in your relationship. Wives, submissively support your husbands today because you know it won't be getting easier. 
It's not going to get easier. The time will come. You're going to hit chaos and you're going to hit some trauma and some tragedy and you don't want to try to fix things after it's too late. Prepare right now. You're about to get a job that needs the light of Jesus Christ. Yeah, you're going to have a job where people are going to be hungry and they're going to want some help. Look at Acts chapter 8 with Philip. He stopped what he was doing and he chased down a chariot in the desert because the Spirit told him to. We want the Spirit to give us missions, but we refuse to prepare for them. We want the Spirit to do all kinds of cool stuff. God, if you told me right now, I'd go, and the Lord's like, but how come you're not practicing? How come you're not preparing? How come you're not praying? You say you want to go do some things for me, but right now you're not getting ready to do those things. You haven't packed up yet. You say send me, but you won't get packed for the journey. Christians are called to pack because by faith we know God will send us. We are called to prepare because we know a time will come. A time will come. God won't just leave us sitting here. God will send us. God will use us. But we have got to prepare. The instant does not just happen out of nowhere. It comes from preparation. In time, you will get asked questions that you have not studied the answers for. I promise you, every one of us, it happens. People at work, at job, our friends say, hey, I got a question about God. How come, how come this? How come y'all's church does that? How come these things happen? And we sit there and go, well, let me, let me go find out. I'll get back to you. Let me ask my pastor. You see, we don't think the time will come Well, they'll ask us, so we don't prepare. We, we don't think there'll ever be a day when God will use us, so we don't prepare. Preparation is faith. Because preparation says prophetically that I will be used by God. Preparation is whenever you're getting ready for something you know is on the horizon. You know it's going to happen. It's going to happen one day. When you prepare, you're saying to the Lord and you're saying to yourself, I know I will be used by God one day. I know I will teach a Bible study. I know I will answer questions. But when you don't study, you're not planning on being used. This is what you're saying to God when you don't prepare. You're saying God will never use me. That's what you're saying. We must be prepared to be instant. When Philip arrived in that, in that mission story I mentioned earlier, he learned that the Ethiopian he was reaching out to was reading an old scripture from Isaiah. And Philip asked, do you know what you're reading? See, most of us really want to, probably want to go into a theological debate with somebody because we might get stumped. But Philip wasn't afraid because he knew the word of God. And so Philip was not afraid to engage him on the confusing topics. Why? Because Philip was prepared. Anybody can go run and chase a chariot. That's the fun part. Here's the hard part. Learning the word of God so that when you get there, you can actually help the man. That's the hard part. Everybody wants to be chasing chariots because it looks cool on the internet. But nobody wants to go home and sit down in front of their Bibles and say, let me learn the word of God so that after I catch the chariot, I know how to help the man in the chariot. Everybody wants to be the runner. Nobody wants to be the reader. Nobody wants to be the one studying. You have to prepare so that when you catch up, you can actually bless. You can actually minister. Ethiopian man said, how can I understand this when I'm reading unless somebody helps me interpret it? That's, that's the problem with not preparing. God will send people down the path, and we are not ready for them. That's why he said, Timothy, don't ever get caught out of season. You have to be ready at all times. In time, you will contact a sickness, and you'll need the power to heal it. Yep, just like Peter and John on their way to the temple for the, the prayer time. And on the way, they were interrupted by a lame man begging for money, and they said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I unto you. And they spoke healing on his legs instantly because they lived 
prepared. Can we give instant healings? Not if we're not prepared. What did the Lord do with those disciples? He prepared them so that when they came in contact with something that could not be fixed by doctors, they could instantly pull out what they had. What do we have right now? You know why we're not, we're not giving it out? Because we don't have it. They didn't have any money and they didn't have any silver and gold. But you know what they had? They had healing. Where'd they get it from? They carry it with them. They don't, they don't just instantly find healing. They didn't just all of a sudden grab healing down. They had healing with them. They didn't say, let me go get healing and come back to you. They said, I have the healing. How do you get the healing? You have to prepare to, get, to have the healing. This is all about preparation. I love the part where it says that they healed they healed him on the way to prayer meeting. That these two men healed on the way to prayer meeting. Most of us would have felt the anointing after leaving prayer meeting. That's how we do it, isn't it? That's, that's our culture of church. Hey, I'm going to go to prayer, and on the way out, I'll hit you up. Because I have nothing until I go to the prayer that's how we, that's we pray before church. We pray before we preach. We pray when we plan on doing something. But what happens when you don't plan on it? Well, hold on. I can't help you right now. I got to go pray. I like in the story how they had already prayed that morning. They had already been prepared that day so that nobody just popped up and said, hey, I need a miracle. They didn't have to say, let me put you off. Let me go over here and get ready for it. I'm not ready to give you what you need because I'm not prepared for you. This is the power of preparation in the kingdom of God. We have got to make sure that we are always ready because the time will come. The time will come. You see, here's the thing. We have to admit this. We don't know everything. We've got to admit that. We don't know everything. As much as we think we're spiritual and we think we're gonna, God's going to tell us everything, God's not going to tell us everything because if he did, we'd be lazy. And the reason why the Lord doesn't tell us everything is because he wants us to seek him for everything before it takes place because only God knows what we will come in contact with tomorrow that we will have needed to build up right now I hope every Christian right now hears me when I tell you it is not a sin to prepare for things my father-in-law is probably one of the greatest people when it comes to preparing for a pandemic I think he's got it locked down he's good you know what I think it's so wise for us to prepare for things that we don't know might happen Somebody's like, well, how come you're doing this? It's not because I know. It's because I don't know. Why are you getting that extra food? I don't know. You think I'm smart? I'm not smart. I don't. It's because I don't know what's going to happen that I'm preparing. Hey, how come you're praying this morning? There's nothing going wrong in your life or your church while you're praying. You're right. There's nothing right now, but I don't know what will happen tomorrow. Hey, how come you're trying to work on your marriage today? It's fine today. No, you're right. It's fine today. I don't know about tomorrow. You see, it's not because we're all knowing. It's because we're, we're, so, we're so simple, really. We're we're finite. We're humans. We don't know it all. This is why we prepare. This is why we trust in God. This is why we keep going to church and we keep praying and reading our Bibles. It's not because we know everything and we're perfect. It's because we don't. It's because we know if we don't have his help, we won't be ready to be in the revival that he has for us. We've got to make sure we're always prepared, instant, in season, and out. We have to make sure. We have to make sure. There's a level in God where you don't have to come off your spiritual anointing. Because a lot of times in our culture of church so far, it's we have, we have big mega movements and then nothing. And I think God right now is breaking that out of the church. He's breaking that out of the church. We have too many emotional highs and lows. We should be having miracles going to prayer and coming from prayer. 
But right now, the church has only been having miracles after prayer because we only pray in segments of our week. And what's happening right now in our churches and this nation and among Christians is we're learning how to be instant in season and out of season. Because who could have predicted this? People have said, I've never dreamed this would happen in our nation. I've never gone through anything like this. This is why we have to be ready for anything. And if we think this is bad, this is nothing, this pales in comparison to what end times prophecy tell us. Everyone right now is so worried. Everyone right now is so scared. And the truth is, this is nothing. This is nothing compared to what could be. I can't prophesy that and I won't. All I know is this. This has awakened the church to realize we better prepare. Like never before, we better prepare. Because I want to be instant before it takes place, not after. I'm not going to start my prayer dedication after the pandemic. I'm going to start before the next one. I'm not going to work on things after it gets bad because that's, that's too late then. You don't prepare in the darkness. You prepare in the light. You don't wait till it's dark to look around your room and find your, your supplies. You get it all together while it's light. And I'm going to tell every member, every family, every person right now online, it's still a little bit of light out there. There's still hope for you. There's still time for you. Let me exhort you. Let me help you before all the lights go out and you have no clue where you are. You can still begin to prepare right now. The Lord left a nightlight on for us. The church is here still. We can still preach. We can still work in the ministry. There's still hope for you and your family, but you've got to dig in now. You've got to dig in while it's still daytime. While it's still daytime, you've got to go ahead and fight and prepare and push because it's not over yet, church people. It's not done yet, church people. There's still a word of God on our kitchen table. We still have the internet. We still have Facebook preaching. We don't. We think we can just go another year, another two years. Well, I'll start my revival then. Now is the time for revival. Now is the time to push. Now is the hour for the church to prepare we don't know the future we don't know what's going to happen we've got to prepare right now we have to prepare right now i love how paul closes it out and i'm almost done he says for now i am ready to be offered and the time of my departure is at hand and he says i have fought a good fight i finished my course i have kept the faith and henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the lord the righteous judge shall give to me that day and not not just to me only but to all them that love his appearing Paul knows that his time on earth is coming to an end here in this context, and yet he declares, I am ready. Right now. Right now. It's not here yet, but I'm ready now like it is. So that's what he said. He said, I'm ready now, and my time is coming to an end. He didn't say, I'm going to die today. He said, I'm going to die soon, but I'm ready now. That's, that's all of us right now. We don't know the day or the hour. We have no clue whenever the last breath will take, but we should live our lives every day as if we're ready right now. Instantly prepared to go to heaven. I know we all want to get ready on Sunday. I know, but there's a difference in being ready and getting ready. Paul did not say, I'm getting ready. He said, I now am ready. There's a difference in getting ready and being ready. It is the will of God for us as Christians to not just keep getting ready. 
Well, I'm getting ready, God. I'm getting ready to go ahead and be what you want me to be. I'm getting ready to be the, the will of God. I'm getting ready. I'm preparing. No, no, no. Paul said, I'm no longer to a place where I'm always just trying to talk myself into it. He said, I've gotten to some places where I'm ready now. It is the will of God for every one of us to have some things conquered now. Because a lot of people live in this perpetual cycle of, well, I'm going to get ready one day. One of these days, I'm going to make it. Paul said, I can confidently say, I am ready right now. Who am I talking to today? Who's listening to me right now? That you spend way too much time getting ready, trying to get back up all the time. Well, God, I fell again, but I want to get back up again. We have learned how to fall and get back up and fall and get back up to where now it's our new normal. When will you ever get to a point where you're ready now? Ready now. Right now. I could do it right now. I could preach it right now. I could pray it right now. Why? Why? I believe that God sent me here tonight to help all of those suffering from this crazy prophet praise. It's that disease that makes you think that you know tomorrow will be so easy so you can take today off. What a disease that is. But I've lived long enough to know that anything can happen. Anything can happen tomorrow, tonight, and next week. And there is no, there is no way of knowing what will end, what will happen to our churches, to our families, and our lives. There's no way of knowing it. So excuse me while I prepare myself with some praise now excuse me while i prepare myself for an unknown future with some prayer now excuse me while i pack my bags with some worship while i have a chance excuse me while i start praying for my neighbor today because tomorrow he might knock on my door we as a church have to confess that we don't know it all and because of that we seek the lord we walk in the spirit we prepare daily as if this is my moment to minister to somebody else because I don't know the future. I want to be instant. I have to make sure I'm always prepared. Always ready. Always ready to fight. Ready to go. In every home, and every life, I've come tonight to just make a call of dedication, a call of preparation. We have to live our lives as if we have no clue how difficult and challenging the future may be. I believe we're a little spoiled and God is shifting the ground under our feet and our culture and our way of life, our churches, to help us see that we thought we were good. We thought we would make it. But there are people right now that are shuddering and some are in fear. It's because we have not been preparing the right way. We think we can just get an instant blessing any minute we want to, and that is not the full truth of the Word of God. The Word of God tells us to be ready at all times, and that takes daily commitment. That takes daily consecration. That takes daily study of God's Word. God, the call tonight from you to every one of us is that we would make sure that we are daily walking in the Spirit. For no man knows the hour or the day of your return. No man knows the future of their own life, their own condition. We live in uncertain times right now. Please hear me. You don't know about your jobs. You don't know about your income, the economy, your health. We've got elders that are shut in. They don't know if they can come out for months. They're scared. We are so uncertain of all things. There's never a better time for us 
to get alone with God in this season of disconnection and prepare what really matters the most. Prepare our relationship with Jesus. The whole world is ready and prepared to have revival, but are we? Are we instantly ready right now to be what they need us to be? Or are we having to learn to do that? God, I don't want to ever go through this again. I want to make sure the next pandemic, the next trial, the next thing that wrecks us, that we can shine as a church on the hilltops, that we can be prepared and ready instantly to be a blessing to those who need it. Enough emotional response, enough in-service one, out the next, watching online one, missing the next. God, I want to be ready for whatever comes my way. I refuse to be a reactionary saint of God. I refuse to live my life when something goes wrong, I'm pulled out. Something goes right, I'm back in. I'm ready to be prepared for what's going to come. Paul, I tell you, Paul tells us, Paul tells Timothy, you have to get ready for the time that will come. For a time will come. It won't be like it is now, bud. Timothy, hear me. There's going to be a time. It won't be as easy. There's going to be a time. You better get ready. You think it's going to be this sweet all the time. There will be persecution in this church one day. It will be tougher, Timothy. Don't fall asleep at the wheel, my friend. Don't think you can just have some, some church and just have it easy. There's going to come a time. It won't be like this forever. So get your jacket out even though it's hot. Store some food away because your belly's full. It's okay. Pray when you just got done praying. Study when you just got done studying. Prepare yourself now because we have no clue what the future will hold. Asking every family right now to gather your loved ones beside you. Just begin to pray and say, Lord, help us right now to be a people that prepare for a time that will come. Help us to better learn to store up our treasures in heaven. Help us to learn right now in the name of Jesus that we no longer want to just live our lives carefree, wasting away without preparation, without preparation. God, how many people are just being shocked to their core right now because they never dreamed this moment could happen, but it's real, it's happening, and let it never get us like it got us this time again. We know it's possible now, God. And we don't know the future, but we know a time will come. They always do. They always will. And that's why I've got to take every day seriously. Every day matters. Every day I wake up, so the day, another chance for me to build, to pack, to prepare. There's no such thing as an off day. No such morning as an off morning. God, let my mind be fresh daily. In the name of Jesus, let's take a few moments and worship together. Let's sing. Let's worship. I believe our singers are preparing right now. In the name of Jesus, we worship you, God. In every home right now, God. In every home, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, I want to be ready. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Oh, yeah. God, we need you. Oh, Jesus. All of my days. Oh, yeah. Shower you with love. Thank you, Jesus. 
Oh God, prepare me daily. Help me, Jesus. Prepare us, God, every home, every family, Jesus. God, we want to be consecrated, dedicated to you. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, yeah. Oh. Hallelujah. Yeah, Jesus. Shower you with love. Fill me with your love. Shower you with love. Fill me with your love. Shower you with love. Fill me with your love. Shower you with love. Fill me with your love. Shower you with love. Fill me with your love. Shower you with love. Fill me with your love. Shower you with love. Fill